Hi, we are the University of New Mexico IM Chiefs. Welcome to Lamar. Nothing to do with your medication list. And everything to do with the morning after afternoon report. Where we talk about the clinical pearls in afternoon report format. Welcome back everyone to another episode in Studio 5 ACC. Uh, this is Lloyd right now, the microphone. This is Taraja. This is Sharky. And this is Chiwei. Uh, today we have a very interesting case uh, titled Feel the Adrenal. What do you think about that, Taraja? Oh, I can't wait. Okay. So why don't we just jump in and uh, read the case presentation? That sounds great. This is a 48-year-old patient with a history of hypertension, anxiety, and cholecystectomy who presented to the emergency department because, quote-unquote, my PCP said I had high blood pressure and had to come to the emergency room. <laughs> the patient reports two days of right upper quadrant abdominal pain, which was acute onset, severe, intermittent, um, without radiation, sharp, uh, with no specific aggravating or relieving factors. No relation with food. Did report nausea, but no vomiting. The patient also reported persistently high blood pressure at home. It's always higher than 180, uh, said the patient, along with intermittent palpitations associated with anxiety. The medications uh, the patient takes included lisinopril and carvedilol. The patient did not use any tobacco or illicit drugs um, and denied using any alcohol either. Louis, how long has this patient have high blood pressure? Uh, she says that she's had high blood pressure for at least the past five years. Interesting. Her doctors never figured out why she has doc uh, high blood pressure. Uh, they just said that she had essential hypertension. Okay. Um, when the patient was evaluated, the patient had a temperature of 36.6 uh, degrees Celsius, a blood pressure of 197 over 110, a pulse of 74, a respiratory rate of 12. On physical exam, the bowel sounds were normal and the abdomen was mildly tender at epigastric region. Is the outer part of physical examination normal? Uh, no, other, all the other uh, physical exam findings were unremarkable. That's quite interesting. You say this patient's blood pressure is 197 and 101, right? Yes. Dr. Sharkey, do you think this patient has uh, either a hypertensive emergency or hypertensive urgency? Based on what we know so far, the patient definitely has a hypertensive crisis. Whether it's urgency or emergency is yet to be determined. We don't really have any labs to suggest the patient has target end organ damage. Additionally, we see these patients all the time so we kind of need to figure that one out, whether they go home or whether they need to go to the ER. So uh, what do you guys think is going on? What's on your differential diagnosis? So I think given this patient has epigastric area tenderness and high blood pressure, this may simply reflect uh, the patient has too much pain from acute pancreatitis. That's maybe as simple as that. Maybe the patient hasn't been compliant with their medications, or maybe they have renal artery stenosis. Maybe they have polycystic kidney disease. Why don't you continue with the labs? On the patient's labs, the CBC, BMP, and LFTs were all normal. 
Oh, what about the uh, lipase? Good question. Wasn't checked. They went straight for a CT abdomen pelvis. You know, classic ED. Okay, and what did that show? Well, the CT abdomen pelvis showed a large 6.5 right upper abdomen mass, which likely originates from the right adrenal gland, less likely exophytic from the caudate lobe of the liver. There's also a mass effect on the adjacent hepatic caudate lobe and IVC. And while distinct fat planes are seen along most margins, the possibility of invasion of the structure is not entirely excluded. So mostly there's a mass. All right. That's a big mass on the adrenal glands. Next up, we got an MRI to get a better look. It still showed the mass, but it did not have features of a lipid-rich adenoma, which would suggest that it's not benign. Things to look at for malignant masses are size greater than 4 centimeters, which ours is heterogeneous enhancement with contrast administration, irregular margins, and presence of calcifications or necrosis. Sounds like a huge mask. Can we call the surgeon now? Hold your horses, Chiwei. Before calling the surgeon, I think that we should work this up a little bit more. Uh, the patient has an adrenal incidentaloma. And before we're doing any type of biopsy or surgery, we should check for hormonal evaluation of any type of excess adrenal hormone that could be secreted. We'd want to check tests like the overnight dexamethasone suppression test, the urinary catecholamine and metanephrine test, and the aldosterone to renin ratio if the patient has high blood pressure. Uh, what if the, some of those tests you order are positive, Lloyd? What do you want to do? If the tests are positive, you want to possibly give medications depending on the type of hormone that's being released and consider surgery after confirming the mass is the source of excess hormone. However, even if the tests are negative, but the mass has suspicious findings for cancer or is large like greater than four centimeters, you still may want to consider doing a biopsy or surgery for this patient. So after all that, the urine metanephrines came back at 16,000 with an upper limit of normal of only 96. And urine norm-metanephrines came back at 8,000 with only an upper limit of normal of 80. So they're super high. Not surprising given this super large size of adrenal mass. What about the other uh, special diagnostic studies for the adrenal gland? So the DHEAS, the dehydroepiandrosterone sulfate, the overnight dexamethasone suppression test, and the plasma renin to aldosterone ratio were all normal. So the diagnosis in this case ended up being pheochromocytoma, which is a rare catecholamine-secreting neoplasm of the adrenal medulla or sympathetic ganglia, and it can occur in less than 0.2% of patients with hypertension. So the pheochromocytoma actually secretes norepinephrine, and they don't just present with sustained hypertension or episodic hypertension. In fact, they can present with orthostatic hypertension, especially when the patients have low plasma volume and actually can present in a pre-syncopal or actually a syncope type of presentations. But don't forget, Chiwei, the classic triad of diaphoresis, headache, and tachycardia is what we typically see with pheochromocytoma. Um, other common symptoms include palpitations, tremors, pallor, and anxiety. And don't forget, Chiwei, every patient with anxiety and hypertension has pheochromocytoma until proven otherwise. Okay, Loy, I now I believe you that every patient with hypertension and anxiety has pheochromocytoma until proven otherwise. But how do we diagnose this uh, pheochromocytoma? While your metanephrines and normetanephrines are super helpful, don't forget about the false positives. Some super common medications like amitriptyline or venlafaxine that a good number of our patients are on 
can actually interfere with metabolism or prevent uptake into cells, giving us falsely high numbers. Is there a time frame we should hold this medication before we test for pheochromocytoma? You should hold the meds for about two weeks in order to get a good result. So as far as testing for pheo goes, if you have a high index of suspicion, so you really think this is pheo, go for the plasma-free metanephrines because it's highly sensitive. And the specificity is about 85 to 89%. However, if you have a low index of suspicion, so you think it could be uh, pheo, but you're not 100% sure, then go for the urine fractionated metanephrine and catecholamines. They have a higher specificity, about 98%, and high sensitivity, up to 97%. The reason for that being it's a little easier on patients to get a 24-hour urine total metanephrine measurement to screen for pheo. The reason being that to get the urine study, it's a 24-hour total collection of metanephrines, and it can be quite burdensome on patients. Okay, but remember, when you have an adrenal incidentaloma without hypertension, you should check for pheochromocytoma with a 24-hour urine total metanephrine test. Also check for Cushing syndrome with the overnight dexamethasone suppression test. And if you're checking in a woman with rapid onset hertritism, menstrual irregularities, or virilization, consider checking DHEAS, dehydroepiandrosterone sulfate. Now, do remember that if you have a patient with hypertension, you should consider adding on aldosterone plasma renin ratio to check for uh, hyperaldosteronism. Phenoxybenzamine is the best medication to use prior to surgery to help symptoms, but it has a less than desirable side effect of causing postural hypotension. To combat this, patients are allowed to eat as much salt as they want and drink lots of fluid. The other less than desirable side effect is on a patient's pocketbook. Medications very expensive. One way to help patients is to use a short-acting selective alpha blocker such as prazosin or doxazosin. What about beta blockers? I thought we're not supposed to use beta blockers in pheochromocytoma patients. It's true. Beta blockers should never be started prior to adequate alpha receptor blockade in patients with pheo. As if you have unopposed alpha receptor stimulation, you can precipitate a hypertensive crisis. So once you've got adequate alpha receptor blockade, then a beta blocker is added on two to three days prior to surgery to counteract vasodilation-induced tachycardia. Let's not forget that for a huge pheochromocytoma such as this patient's, you can consider using a medication called matyrosine, which is no more than the ketoglamine synthesis inhibitors. That's definitely not routinely used for every single pheochromocytoma. So uh, what ended up happening to this patient in the end, Chiwei? Well, this patient was started on phenoxybenzamine and eventually switched to doxazosin due to the cost and ease of dosing. But then she, not surprisingly, underwent right adrenalectomy and the pathologist actually returned uh, to report that 8.5 centimeters confirmed pheochromocytoma. And that concluded this case of feel the adrenal. Feel the feel. Feel the feel. Feel the feel. This episode was brought to you by Lloyd, Chiwei, Sharky, Taraja, and Reed. We hope you enjoyed it and take home some clinical pearls.